Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. We're in this series called Words, and the, the series is, Say What? <laughs> And uh, this morning, I want to talk about our words, how they impact nations. If you missed any of the series, I encourage you to go back and watch. Let's go to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 18. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you have been made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And so we know that when we get saved, we declare. We say, hey, you know, I've, I've, I've begun this new life through Christ. Uh, Romans 10, 11. As the scriptures say, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Verse 12. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call upon him. Jesus came to save the Jews, but also all of humanity. And because of Jesus, we are grafted in. We are adopted into God's family. Uh, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? Verse 14 continues, And how can they believe in Him if they've never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? Verse 15, and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. But I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? Yes, they have. The message has gone throughout the earth and the words to all the world. And so as we support the work that's going on in Israel and, and to the people there, it's not just the Jews, but all the people that live there, we're sharing the hope and the love of Christ that we know about with others that have maybe not received or not really heard in fullness. And so that's why we pray. The word, Jesus said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So that's why we pray for Jerusalem. That's why we pray for Israel. And that's why we're so excited uh, to, to hear today what the Lord is doing over there. And then finally, I want to read in Romans 1, 16 and 17. Paul, Paul's writing again to the, the early church. And he says, for I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. And we, uh, as we've been talking about through this series, we're sharing our words are important. Out of the abundance of our heart does our mouth speak. And then out of our heart is a revealing of our character. And so we're not ashamed of the gospel. And we need to share this hope and the love of Christ more than ever probably. And we, we've talked about that a lot. But let me read on. For I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone. Say everyone. Everyone, everyone who believes. The Jew first and then the Gentile. And so that's one of the reasons that we support the works going on in Israel. Because the word says, to the Jew first. Those are his people that he loved. That's why he sent Jesus. 
And, and as a benefit to us, we get to receive Christ into our lives. And we come into this relationship that they have and that, that they can have through Christ. And that they were designed to have, that we were all designed to have this intimate, personal relationship with Him. For I'm not ashamed of the good news. Never be ashamed of the Word of God and, and His power at work in your lives. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile, the non-Jew. This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. And so we're, we're here today to, to uh, learn about some of the things that are going on in Israel. And, and I'm so thankful for, for all of you and your graciousness and your generosity in giving. As I've shared many times before, we've now, over the years of this church, we probably invested uh, probably $150,000 into the work of bringing the gospel to the people in Israel. And we've supported three different ministries right now. Uh, this current ministry that we're supporting, we've been supporting them for five years. So, you know, do the math, it's about $60,000 that we have been investing. And so we're going to hear a little bit about the return on our investment because it's wonderful how God will take money and save souls. And, and amen. And because of our generosity and because of God's blessing, we are able to do that. And there's a reciprocal impact when we bless God's people. And when we give to support the work of the ministry like we're doing over in Israel. And God honors that. You know, he, he's like, hey, you're taking care of my kids. You're blessing my kids. I'm going to bless you. And you know that we never give to get, but God reciprocates when we, when we give. And I'm so thankful for the people like the Fergusons and other people that are boots on the ground that are bringing the hope and the love and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of Christ to the, to the land of Israel and the people there. Would you please join me in welcoming the Fergusons? <clears throat> They're going to uh, bring their whole team up and introduce them, because I would uh, butcher their names. <laughs> uh, come on up. Come on down. Come on down. You're the best. <laughs> <clears throat> we are waiting for the last of the Mohicans. <laughs> <laughs> so, shalom, y'all, I guess we say here in Texas. It's <laughs> <laughs> good to be here. I originally am from Dallas, uh, here he is, and my <laughs> wife likes to say that she imported me uh, over 22 years ago, almost 22 years ago, to Israel. Shani uh, and all of her kids were born and raised in the land of Israel, and so this is Shani, you've heard about, uh, are we trying to, uh, you want to bring Tali up? Come on. Yeah, come on up. Tali is our wonderful manager of our family on this tour. She's... Oops, I turned it off. Yeah. She goes by a lot of... Testing. She's our adopted kid. Yeah, well, she's our adopted, our last caller. And so we have Elit, Lahav, and we'll test you all later. Elit, Lahav, <laughs> Leah, and our... I praise the Lord after three 
daughters. We have a son. What's your name? Sela. And what does Sela mean? Rock. Rock. Oh, and cool. Not the Sela from the, from the Psalms. Sela means rock. And what about you? And last but not least, we have little Nesher. Nesher, what does your name mean in English? Eagle. It means eagle, so you guys can fly, fly away. <laughs> uh, wonderful, wonderful. I got you guys some, uh, some water here if you would like a, a drink. And uh, I'd like to release the children's ministry if you'd like to go back. We're going to keep the student ministry in here this morning. And... Uh, so what I wanted to do is what we've done in the past is when we have guests is just kind of let them share uh, their perspective and uh, what's, what's happening over in Israel. And if you could, you know, just share your heart with us. And we had a chance to visit yesterday for a little while. And uh, Kobe, unfortunately, <clears throat> excuse me, was running around all day. He had a flat tire and he had to get that taken care of. <laughs> Uh, so he had a little character building going on yesterday. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're so glad you're here. We're so honored uh, that you're here. And we so appreciate what you guys do. Um, I know ministry is hard, and, and uh, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's, it's a challenge over there. At least right now, thank, thankfully, we're, we're not uh, dodging missiles being shot at us and things like that. But we're so appreciative of all that you do. Well, yes, uh, we, I guess you, you all have hurricanes and tornadoes, and I guess we don't really have those in the, in the area of the world we live, but we do have rockets from time to time. Yeah. Missiles, so, yeah. you know, both require bunkering and sheltering, so you can relate on some level, I think. Yeah. Well, at least a hurricane, I mean, if you can't get away from that, that's like trying to get away from Frankenstein. If you can't get away from that, I mean, something's wrong. But, so we have a little more advanced warning on some of those things. 90 seconds warning. Wow, wow. Depending where you're at in the country. So you want yeah. to tell what it was like for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, this last round, I was, well, I was three years old when I was in uh, the first war. Uh, my dad was fighting up in Lebanon, and uh, that was back in the early 80s, so you can do your math. And um, everyone in the States is like, am I allowed to ask how old you're? Because in Israel, everyone's like, how much do you weigh and how old you are? And how old are you? And how many kids you have? And how much money do you make? <laughs> it's like first conversation. I'm 42. I have five kids. Okay. Anyway, I actually, I don't know in pounds, so I won't tell you. But anyway. Um, well, how many kilos? No, how just many kidding, kilos? Just kidding, just kidding. 77. We got no shame. Anyway, um, but... This so you know I was in the Gulf War I was in the sixth grade and I was um, in just a number of what we call ma'arachot or mifzaim um, military operations battles and uh, my English has suffered dramatically during Corona because we didn't fly to the states and we weren't speaking to anyone in English and then I got here and I was like I lost my vocabulary <laughs> um, but in any case so we had I'll thank you darling. <laughs> But this particular round, so all that to say is that, you know, missiles, rockets, nothing new to me. We know the routine. Our kids know the routine. Um, you go into the bomb shelter, and like he said, where we are, we have 
um, 90 seconds and down further south they have 15 seconds so it's much wow. more intense that way because it could be 15 seconds at any given time of the day and that's mothers with kids and older people and um, so in any case this particular round was different because we are used to sirens and rockets and we're used to you know hearing about a lone wolf that decides he's going to attack um, and that's just something that you learn to adjust to. I mean, other than that, it's actually a very safe area. It's safer to walk through the streets of Jerusalem at night. And I don't know any major city in the States that you would be feel confident in doing that. Tel Aviv yeah. at 2 in the morning, no problem. So in terms of crime, it's there. But in terms of uh, this particular round, people took to the streets. And um, there were massive um, marches by um, Arab residents. And this is what was different because, you know, Jews have embraced very much living among Arabs, Muslim, Arab, Christian Arabs, which by the way, Christian Arabs does not mean that they're born again. It just means they're not Muslim. Just a little tidbit right uh, there. Okay. You that. Um, but uh, th they took to the streets this time and they're throwing, uh, and again, this is a like a fragment of society, but it was still thousands of them on the streets in major cities. Um, so this was scary for, for Jews because this is, Israel's the one place that Jews should be able to feel safe. We can defend ourselves, we run our own country, and suddenly you have thousands of Arabs that have been you know, embraced as a part of society, live among us, work among us. You know, in the day-to-day, -day, I don't even know half the time if someone's Jewish or Arab. I can't tell the difference. I don't care. Sometimes you can tell from their accent, but other than that, it's just not something you notice. Um, and then suddenly they're marching down the streets and they're throwing Molotov cocktails through windows of mm. houses. And so you have Jews like bunkered in their houses in Israel, and that was just a very disturbing um, crossing of a line. So for you intercessors and people that really want to pray into something specific, that was something that was jarring as a culture. Um, but and we, have, we were just coming out of this time of COVID as the whole world is experiencing, but in Israel we experienced more days of lockdown than in any other country in the world. So just as this was kind of waning, here comes the, our friends from Gaza sending us more rockets in the shortest period of time than we've ever encountered. Yeah. So it was pretty interesting. Did you guys get to see all that like Star Wars looking thing where they're like firing and then like the Iron Dome? Yeah, that's pretty cool. How, how many uh, rockets did they fire? Do you know? 3,000 in two weeks, wow. something like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So just a constant barrage. 25% of those fell in Gaza and killed their own people. Oh, of course, wow. that wasn't on the news because nobody cares when Arabs kill Arabs. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Noe, did you get the picture of uh, this crater? So oh, yeah, so the first siren that went off um, oh, wow. landed about a few hundred yards from our house. And um, interestingly enough, a couple days before someone had sent us an email, I didn't hear about it until later, but they sent us an email and said the Lord told them, and this was nobody knew there was any issues with threats from Gaza or anything. We knew, but um, they said the Lord had led them to pray for protection specifically for us against missiles so if you put you know like here's gaza and here's our house it landed like just short of our house so wow. really appreciate people who who listen that, that wow. was an interesting experience we heard the, yeah thank amen. you jesus yes. thank you lord it, there's not a lot of woods in in israel and it happened to land in the one area 
uh, where there's houses all around, but it was right in the woods. And those those were, uh, those were trees. Yeah, those little wow. twigs you saw around were trees. So it, it was. Uh, they they have uh, new ar armaments there, and it's basically coming from Iran. We've actually seen the casings, and there's Persian writing on them. So these are bigger weapons than they've had in the past. So please continue to pray. But the Lord is really. There were a few casualties and unfortunately a few deaths in this round, but it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. this particular one, um, they had uh, Muhammad Def, who is uh, the most wanted terrorist in, in Gaza at this point, and he's been, uh, anyway, I won't get at him, but he had, had threatened that if Israel didn't do certain things, um, they would fire by 6 o'clock. There was this kind of disputed land area in Jerusalem. It's a long story, but what you heard on the news is incorrect. They were saying they were trying to evict families from this whatever. So this land was owned by Jews, and Arabs were living there, but they hadn't paid rent in like 20 years. And so wow. like, anyway, so it made it seem like it was this national issue when it was just a real estate issue. But um, all that to say is, that, so Muhammad Def says, you know, I'm going to fire you guys by 6 o'clock if you guys don't clear out. Uh, oh, so it started riots on the Temple Mount, and then the police had to go in the Temple Mount because they were barricading rocks and all sorts of stuff inside the mosque, which is a, a big, you know, no-no, mm. um, even, you know, for the UN and stuff. So the police went in there, and then, of course, if you, if you don't know this, the Temple Mount is technically belongs to Israel, but Israel gives uh, spiritual authority and allow the management to uh, the Jordanian, uh, why did I just draw a blank? But it, Jordan is basically spiritually is over the thing. So if you're a Christian or a Jew and you want to go pray, pray on the Temple Mount, you can't, okay? Because anywhere that is like controlled by Islam, they don't want anyone else praying to anything else. So if you, can, if you go to the Western Wall and you're Christian, you want to pray, you're welcome to. If you're a Jew, you want to pray, you're welcome to. If you're an atheist, you want to pray, you're welcome to. But <laughs> even so, even an Arab would be able to go to the Jewish Western Wall and pray. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that the, the Arab peoples have more freedom uh, mm. in the Middle East, other than in, more than any other place in the Israeli-controlled areas. Mm -hmm. So we are not allowed to. So people always yell. The nations, uh, anytime Israel gets attacked by missiles, I love how we're all of a sudden attacked and blamed for, for being attacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, can we respond and protect ourselves? No, no, no. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's uh, you know, you need to tie one hand behind your back. And, mm -hmm. you know, they tried to limit the amount of missiles we could shoot back to defend ourselves. So uh, the, the apartheid concept and segregation is, is always talked about. But really, in fact, uh, in, in the Muslim-controlled areas where Islam is, is the ruling principality, uh, they do not have freedom, and they do, they do not allow Jewish people into those areas. But we allow them into our areas, um, you know, if, they, if they're Well, and terrorists. bottom line is, and it's, it's yeah. the Jordanian Mufti, I don't know why I drew a blank, but uh, any potential, if you guys hear about the idea of having a Palestine in, in within certain borders, Christians would not be free in such a country. It would just be adding another Islamic country into the Middle East. So won't get into that. But anyway, so I'm driving home. I pull up into the driveway at six o'clock, which I wasn't paying attention because, you know, we just it's just part of life, right? And six oh two the siren goes off and I'm in the driveway, I actually left the car running. I found out like thirty minutes later when Kobe went After out there. The he's whole like, thing was over <laughs> and this loud explosion, which was pretty 
pretty intense. I said, what? I mean, is the car running? <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, you know, if, when you have 90 seconds and five kids and you're outside the house, so I ran inside and we don't, we don't have a bomb shelter it's because. It's just not fair. They need to give us 90 seconds per kid at least. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what was this phrase you said yesterday about transparency and. Uh, ta, having your ta moment, transparent, authentic, and honest. So okay. you guys all know this phrase? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm going to say something. Oh this will be my ta moment for you all. You don't really know me that well, but um, we have to meet. We're going to know you better pastors. now. <laughs> so, so when I hear the siren, I am sitting on the only throne that we're worthy to sit on. And my prayer, I said, oh, no. Yes, I forgot. Six o'clock, they're going to. Because they said, even they say things all the time. But this time they actually said, we're going to shoot missiles at six. And they did it. I said, that one time they actually did it, you know. So I'm sitting there and said, Lord, uh, please don't let me die like, like, El <laughs> like Elvis. I don't want to go out like Elvis, Lord. So uh, anyway. Thank so. you for sharing that. That's a great visual. <laughs> so in any case, I didn't die like Elvis. Thank you. Mr. Roger, I was wondering why you didn't go on there. So I run inside. All the kids know uh, where to go. It's the stairwell. And, you know, you hear these kind of like explosions Boom! And we're like, oh, that one's close, which was the one that you saw in that. But then they start arguing about where we should be in the stairwell because there's like glass, and it's like, well, if a missile falls here, then the glass will come flying, but here is further underground. And so they're arguing, and at one point, one of them goes, guys, we could die any minute. We don't want to die arguing with each other. <laughs> 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 this is the last thing we do. Uh, wait, where's Abba? Yeah. <laughs> Meaning daddy, where's dad at? Yeah, yeah. What's he doing? Oh, never mind. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. So yeah. then we found out, you know, within within a day or two, uh, several of, well, two of our staff were uh, are on in, in the reserves. One is in the Marines, the Israeli equivalent of the Marines, and the other one's in the Air Force. So our Air Force guy got called up. I only found out we had project deadlines and everything. I'm calling like, where are you? And he's like, I'm at the Air Force. I was like, great. So, so this guy, he was working crazy 12-hour, 13-hour shifts, sleep two hours, and do another 13-hour shift, and I have this, like, one window, an hour a day to write and, you know, catch up on work and stuff, and it was, and, you know, I can't tell you what he does, but it, it is a significant uh, role, and we're very proud of him, and, but one of the cool things that I liked was, you know, we're very involved, my always has been around forever, forever, 45 years, so it's more than half of Israel's modern existence, and um, we have relationships all over the place and we uh, have, you know, credibility when we want to step in and do something, you know, with the banks or whatever, they recognize our name and they know that it's good. And so, you know, when we, when he was uh, down in the Air Force base, they had some sort of mix up and you have these fighters that are, they had at, at any given time over 200 planes in the air over Gaza. Wow. And they said, um, they came back on Shabbat and then, you know, in, in Israel, everything closes from like Friday afternoon to Sunday morning or Saturday, Friday, Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Some, something's open Saturday night. So they come Friday night after making, you guys, I get to talk the whole time. Oh, yeah, I can share. I'm trying to sure. yeah. get their attention, the batteries. The batteries are dead. <laughs> okay. Well, we, y'all can share a mic if, if so, we need yeah, to. Yeah, we'll share a mic. But anyway. Let's keep going. I guess it's, you know. So he goes. <laughs> Change the tire, let you talk. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, 
they come back after an operation. It's Friday night, and there was no food. There was like a little bit of salad left. And a Shabbat dinner in Israel is significant. It's like not quite Thanksgiving, but it's like. And uh, so he goes to the yeah. So they come, and he's got all these pilots and whatever, and they had no food. And so he just wrote me and mentioned it, and I was like, "You take that Motley card and you get those people some food because." You know, we're not going to, we don't involve ourselves in the military operations, but our heart is to make sure that, that the well-being of the soldiers is taken care of. And so, yeah, um, yeah so I, it just was, it's just one more thing that you guys get to know that you are helping happen on the ground when we're saying, okay, something's amiss and we can fix it. And a lot of these things, we, we can't write about a lot of the things that we do to Im make an impact and I love how you said this is kind of like a trustees meeting. We're letting you guys know. We are live streaming, though. So we're the investment. So <laughs> okay, so we'll. we'll no, okay, all right, good. No, yeah, no, no. no. Yeah, okay. But we, we're not going to. There's certain things we can't publish, certain yeah, things we can't sure. go into that the finances that this, con this church gives towards that is really impacting, not just in a general sense, but really getting to the lives of people that really need it, and, and even in emergency situations. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're we're honored that we're blessed and able to do that. Um, can you can you talk speak to a little bit about uh, you know what's happening regarding the church? When I was talking to Ted, he was telling me about you know how many Jews there are and, and how many uh, Christian congregations there are over there. And uh, can you know can you share a little bit about what's going on there so from I that will perspective? Just adjust the, the one one stick. terminology is huge over there, and there are uh, many Okay. Uh, Christians, there's a ton over there. Messianic uh, Jews, in terms of Jewish believers in Yeshua who have Israeli citizenship, um, maybe 15 to 20,000 out of a population of 9 million. Wow. So we're still, but let's, let's even go back further. So Shani's mother, first, her first time in the land was in 1959, and then later she immigrated in 1967. And she did a film that right after the Six-Day War, and it was just really this amazing time where Israel had just recaptured Jerusalem, the Jewish capital, eternal capital of the Jewish people. So it was just, she said, it was just like a magical time. And then she said, hey, I wonder how many people here actually are, believe that are Jewish believers in Messiah. And so she began a project to go all over the country. It took her a few years and found maybe five, six Wow. And then when my father-in-law came in the early 70s, they said you could count on the number of two hands. And, wow. some, of the, and some of those people were suspect. You know? <laughs> but he said, right. so, and so Shani and her brother grew up in Tel Aviv. And I like to joke, but it's actually pretty, pretty accurate. She and her brother were the Tel Aviv youth group. <laughs> and they had two friends in Jerusalem who were believers, and that was the Jerusalem youth group, and they would have a national youth conference with the four of them, and <laughs> pray and then go eat pizza or something, you know? Yeah. And so things, so if you look at it uh, in terms of like a, 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 the curve of, of who has come to faith and, and the missions curve, so to speak, I mean, we're talking about uh, exponential growth, and yeah. some people say that probably Majority, 90% or 75 to 90% of all the Jewish believers in the land have come to faith in the last 10 to 15 years. Wow. So we're really seeing things ramp up. We're still at less than one tenth of 1%, yeah. but it's a far cry from five people. 
Yeah. You know, 20,000 yeah. is a lot better than five. Yeah. Even when I moved um, to the land over 22 years ago or so, uh, I was told, hey, you got to really learn to preach Hebrew because preaching Hebrew is maybe a handful of people, maybe a few dozen your age uh-huh. in the early 20s that can preach a gospel message in Hebrew. So I thought, wow, this is, this is pretty intense. You know, but now we're seeing whole... Uh, ministry start. Um, I knew the the only soldier that was a believer at the time uh, was coming to our congregation, and I'm sure there were others, but he was the only one that we knew of. So there were so few believers, and he would come, and he was just exhausted, and he would say, "Hey, just pray for me. I got to go back to the to the to the line." And he would come in, and we'd pray for him, and he said he would feel like the spirit of life come in. And now that same guy is leading a ministry. To over to ministry to soldiers to minister to soldiers and provide them new new testaments and and so it's just amazing the growth that we've seen in the land and I really parallel that to the Lord beginning to awaken Christians from around the world to God's heart and plan for Israel mm-hmm. it comes together the the support and the prayer and the intercession I can pinpoint huge breakthroughs in our ministry narrow escapes from death deliverances from death and i come home i check the phone we used to check the laptops only the prayers phone messages hey we just felt to pray for you guys today i mean i can trace directly somebody praying somebody supporting the work it goes in tandem a romance to Israel. It's beautiful, it's mystical, and it's captivating in a lot of ways. But what we're encouraging Christians uh, all over the world to do is to, to really get deeper and to have a passion and a burden for their own brothers and sisters in the faith in the land, mm-hmm. which, and he said, most don't even really think of their existence. Yeah. What a minute. I've got 
other, there's other believers and Arabs and Jews in the land of Israel. Wow, okay, that are Israeli believers. So I think that has been a, a, one of the awakenings that we see that I really feel is in tandem, like I said, in parallel. I don't know how long that do we, do we have till the end of the end times. Yeah. I know that we're in that end, with 100 years or 1,000 years or 10 years. But I think that we've all seen recently things can change really quickly. If we all watch the whole COVID thing, and then you, how you saw the lawlessness, as we mentioned, the lawlessness we experienced on some of the streets in Israel. You all experienced it here yeah. in, in many cities. And so things can just change overnight. And we yeah. could find ourselves in that really end-time scenario pretty quickly. And Israel's salvation is one of the greatest indicators that we're in the end times, that we're told throughout the prophets in the Old Testament that we're going to see Israel come back, Jews come back into the land, and they're in the land that will get saved. And we're eyewitnesses and that this is happening. And praise the Lord, he used Shani's parents' ministry that they started Ma'oz to be instruments. Not just We're not just eyewitnesses. We're blessed to be participants in this restoration, even spiritually of Israel. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I think that the Lord is clearly doing something in the earth. I think that Westerners, we, we think uh, it seems like the whole world revolves around us. You know, when you watch the world news, it's all about America. It's not really about the world. But I, I really sense that God is doing something in, in the globe. And I think that he's called believers to really uh, step up and pray for one another. And we, we have a... a a few people that pray every Wednesday, we try to pray every Wednesday when the weather allows out at our, our new property. And, and one of the things we're praying for is Israel and Jerusalem. And I, I think that we probably need to do more of that. Uh, Can I make a comment about sure. praying for the peace of Jerusalem? Yes. People have asked me about that. And I really think it's interesting that Yeshua is what we call Jesus is Yeshua. Yeshua is what his, his mommy called him. So we can call him that. Yeshua means salvation. It's a pretty cool name, right? It is a verb and a noun. So we said that Yeshua is all that. He is, he is salvation and he saves. So Yeshua is, um, it's funny that I was in a, a, a language school and they were going over different vowels and letters of the name of Jesus. So they would say, what is Yeshua? And they call him Yeshu. Yeshu means may his name and memory it is the acronym for may his name and memory be blotted out. That's what the Jewish people have called him for many, many centuries. And so they don't even know his name is Yeshua. If you look in the dictionary, it says Yeshu. And so we're, we're seeing so many things kind of restored. And I think one of the understandings that we see that Yeshua says, peace that I give to you is not like the peace the world gives. So when you're praying for the peace of Jerusalem, we're actually wanting to see them receive the peace that if there's bombs falling, if we have, if we have riots in the streets and, and the fear of, you know, Muslim attack or, or whatever is happening, that people have real peace. And we've, we've heard it. People say, well, you guys are calm and peaceful in the midst of all this. I say, yeah, because we have real peace. This is what it means to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Yes, I mean, we... we if we all die, there's nobody to, to, to see when uh, one to the Lord and their souls can't be saved if we're not protected. But we know the Lord will protect Israel. 
But beyond just praying for their natural protection, let's pray for that supernatural peace that is the Yeshua peace. Yeah. Let's talk about it in Philippians, the peace of God that passes all understanding that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Uh, yeah. Well, what, what can we do? Uh, you know, we're, we're supporting you financially. We're praying for you. Uh, what would be some of the other things that, if there are some other things that you can think of that uh, would help you guys or, or be a benefit? Or I think you can uh, add to this. I, I, I think not, not to uh, really wax eloquent on my wife, but she is uh, phenomenally gifted. The Lord had given a mantle of writing and, and being a very prolific writer about the things regarding Israel, even to her grandparents and, and to her mother, who wrote for 45 years uh, what we call the Ma'oz Israel Report. If you want to know about what's happening in Israel, really know some things that you wouldn't know unless you were born and raised in Israel, mm -hmm. like, like this one, mm -hmm. and really get some concise prayer points we send out weekly. You can get involved in what we're doing. I think learn more and learn more from the believers in the land. You know, yeah. it's interesting that, uh, what does it say, that Apollos was this, like, this magnificent preacher in the book of Acts. And they said, wow, he can really speak. But but um, the, these two Jewish, um, you know, cut, this Jewish couple came to him and they said they, they more properly taught him about the covenants and how, how to communicate the gospel. So, and he was humble and he received it. And the Lord even magnified his ministry even more as a, as a Gentile guy and he saw so many people come to the faith so just we're not here to try to you know we're jewish we're going to tell you everything you know israelis we're going to tell you everything to what to do but you know we have learned some things over the, over the decades and even her parents being into this for 45 years or more so it's representing a whole heritage that really goes back to the, the apostles and the prophets so yeah. we're continuing those traditions and yeah. learning from those i think That's will good. enhance your faith it will deepen your relationship with the Lord and give you the ability to communicate. This is the last thing I want to say about this. Learn so that we talked about making disciples, right? And one of the first things about a disciple is a disciple makes disciples. Right. If you're not doing that, you're really not a disciple yeah. on some level. Even if you just have one person in your entire life that you've poured into and discipled, mm -hmm. then you're, you're really a disciple. And I feel the same way about Israel. Learn about it in a way that you can simply, not in a mystical kind of way. I know so many people, I think especially the younger generation, they're kind of tired of all that. The hype and the mysticality behind everything, even though there's so many fascinating things regarding Israel. But why do we need to, why do we need to help Israel? Why, why are we, you know, uh, commissioned and, and, and blessed when we help Israel? And uh, especially their salvation so learn about Israel so you can also share that with others I think, oh I'm sorry sorry Please, she's always gonna have the last always word, have something to say um, well look uh, the bottom line is the uh, my generation so my parents immigrated to the country and they had us and there were other people coming around that time my generation is the first generation of Jewish believers born and raised in Israel in 2000 years mm. And so there's just a perspective that comes from that that I really have a heart to share with the church. And um, because I think that disconnect that happened when the disciples, and 
who became apostles kind of died out and the Jews that went to the nations, there just was only so many of them. Um, so there was like this disconnect between the church and the Jewish people. You know, like you think of the New Testament as like the Christian Bible and the Old Testament is like the Jews Bible where God was mean <laughs> and then he got nice and he became Christian, you know. Like yeah. so all those those are very small nuances that affect how we understand God. Yeah. And, and so bite yeah. size in the articles and the prayer points that I write, I'm trying to kind of like adjust and kind of reconnect the the roots back to. So it's no, no, nobody who's Christian should think that you now must wear a show, you know, a, a yarmulke and a kippah and a What's whatever and blow the shofar. We didn't, teach. We, didn't come here. we didn't come here to teach you how to blow the shofar and uh, and eat gefilte fish. And eat gefilte. <laughs> We were called to be, the Jewish people were called to be as a nation, the people of the presence of God. So you as a person in relationship with the Lord have that calling to be in a dwelling place for the Lord so people can come up and experience the Lord. But Israel as a nation was called to be that, this light set on a hill. And so this is the calling that we want to see restored to Israel. And that's essentially. Um, During the time of worship today, which was really, really awesome. Um, times like that when you're experiencing the presence of the Lord whether it's in your car and I know you sing in your car I can just tell you the kind of guy that would do that I right? play a lot of drums <laughs> he's a drummer too by the way so we really connected you, you know play, play, uh, you practice in your left hand yeah. <laughs> so we're we're in our cars and we're experiencing the presence of the Lord majority of Israelis have never even Experience that for a split second. Just with that wisp of the Holy Spirit, that connection with the presence of the Lord. So I would say the last thing is just think about us. Think about Israel. Just yeah. have it on your minds and say, oh, Lord, just let somebody in Israel feel this thing that I feel all the time. Yeah. Wow. Oh, well, we need to pray for that for the church, I think, in general, because so many people miss. So many people get caught up in religion or whatever. Uh, checklist and uh, as I shared with you guys last night our heart is that we come into a personal intimate mm -hmm. relationship with Jesus um, but I, I think uh, that that's really good information to have I appreciate you sharing that about kind of understanding you guys the culture because our cultures are so very different and our mindset is so very different and uh, we receive uh, your newsletter every month, and uh, it's very informative. Uh, you want to talk about some of those things? I know you have some things at the table. The news, you can sign up for the newsletter. Uh, I'd love to get one of those CDs. They have some Hebrew worship. I have a friend that uh, he said he's been listening to a lot of Hebrew worship, and it's really been a blessing to him. So, so just really quickly, yes, if, if you want to, we send a weekly prayer letter out that I think is very informative we're going to tell you about what's happening uh, with the government or any any newsworthy items we'll make it very succinct and give you some topics that can help you obviously pray however you want but really help guide you into prayer a monthly um, publication that we send out physical mail or through email and we have a lot of the resources here for you to take and we also have some cds here available uh, at the israeli worship i think we, we have a cd with shani singing uh, some he Hebrew and English songs, and then we have some all um, Israeli worship. And that's actually something we're seeing really explode in the ministry, is the worship um, being restored to the land of Israel. I think it's one of the prophetic 
words that were told that, that will happen, that will be a fulfillment of the, the raising up of the fallen booth of David, as we're told in Amos and then in Joel, and then also in the book of Acts chapter 3, the disciples talked about that, that there will be this, and I believe part of that, it's more than just music, but a mm-hmm. part of that is the restoration of Davidic worship and that Levites will be restored to their posts. When Nehemiah came back to the land, he saw, he said, hey, wait a minute, we're all, I don't hear anything. The Levites are gone. He said, oh, well, you know, they went back into their fields. Mm-hmm. He was like, they're not supposed to have fields. He said he actually <laughs> ripped their beards out and punched them. So anytime you think your pastor is being a little bit rough, he's not as rough as Nehemiah was, you know. And so he said, no, 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 there has to be this worship and Shania has said it many times that because the law of the Lord because the because of the the people of God that Israel Israelis were supposed to be they had to have this constant worship in the presence of God in order to give them the grace to walk this out and that's that's like all of us right I mean we we have to have the presence of the Lord to enable us to be the mothers and the fathers and and the people we're supposed to be and it is true for the nation of Israel, so we're we're seeing this restoration really right before our eyes in this day and age. So we have some things available for you uh, to check this out. And actually, if you buy the CD, I'll just mention this: inside of the CD, if you scan the QR code, code you can see this uh, concert for free. So that's inside the the, the CD. Cool. Well, that that's that's wonderful. Uh, do you guys have any? Uh, did you want to? Well. Bring up a car. Well, okay, that's important. Yeah, yeah, we can share that. Uh, you want to share? You want to share a little bit? Uh, we were just said, last night. We they took us to Walmart to get a few things for uh, from their pharmacy department, and I thought, you know, we have taken Israelis here and visited a few times. I said, you guys want to go to some place amazing? They're like, Disney World? It's like, better, Walmart. Like, Ooh, Walmart, what is this? So we've taken them, and they, get, they start looking around. Because in Israel, we, we want to buy bread. We go to the bread store. We want to get uh, pharmacy-related things. You go to the pharmacy. You want to, you know, so everything is, is like this. Get tires, you go to the tire shop. And they say, you can get bread, underwear, and a tire? <laughs> I said, if you go all the way back, there's TVs. We're just like, what is this place? It's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, pray we get a Walmart nubs. No, yeah. It might be the end of our uh, demise of our culture as we know it if we get one. Well, we, we are so blessed. Uh, uh, you know, I think we had a friend that uh, lives in India, and he said he's been to two countries that, that are clearly blessed by the Lord, Israel and the United States. And uh, it's amazing that we can go in Walmart or HEB or whatever, and we have hundreds of choices of cereal or, you know, whatever. And uh, so we are truly blessed. But uh, I I think one of the reasons is is because we have uh, been an ally of Israel. And, uh, you know, as a church, we, we are definitely with you guys. Thank you. Um, I'd like I'd like for us just to uh, take a couple of minutes. And uh, normally, what we do at the end of the service is we just have a time of reflection, where we ask uh, 
where we ask the Lord what he's saying to us. And I, I, I really am so touched today because I, I feel like God is, is really calling us to stand with you guys on a greater level and uh, just continue to pray for you guys because it's, it, it breaks my heart to think that people go to Israel and they enjoy uh, all the, all the, the sights and, and, you know, all the different things, but um, it seems like they don't really have a heart for the people. And uh, that's God's heart. For his people and for all of us. But there's, he has a special love for the people of Israel. And I don't know, really, I'm just kind of rambling on here. But I'm, I'm so touched uh, that we get to be a part of what God is doing, not only here, but across the globe and Israel. And I'm so thankful. Thank you, and thank, really, I, I, I don't have a words to, a congregation this size, helping in the way you are is, is unprecedented to us, and during this global pandemic, a hundred year pandemic, you continued to help, so many people said, look, we're going to have to cut, and some, you know, a lot of people were able to help, uh, and you continued which allowed us to, the need became massive in Israel. People were running out of food. They didn't have any money. And so here we, our friends from Kima, League City, helping faithfully. And, I, and we were able to mobilize and help more, five times as many families as we ever had, ever, during the middle of the crisis. So that's a testament to you all. And you should know that, that that is what you're helping impact the lives. And, and that was mostly to believers through our I Stand with Israel, our benevolence fund there. You were able to help us touch the believers in the land and let us strengthen the body of Messiah in the land. So thank you. Well, thank the Lord and thank all of you. Uh, yeah, give yourselves a hand. We hope today's message encouraged you. For more information about our church, please visit our website, lifefellowship.me. We invite you to join us again next week for another life-changing, uplifting message. And remember to live it!